Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast, the show where we feature unusual success stories to give us inspiration and ideas to break out of whatever rut we're in, or just to kill it more, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. My guest today is Vikrant Shorya, founder of bestsellingbook.com. Once upon a time, he was down to his last dollar and he looked at how he could create a best-selling book himself. He wrote several books even though he doesn't consider himself a writer. From there, the idea was born to create an angel writing service for people who want to create a book but aren't writers themselves, and that's blossomed into a very successful business for him. This episode talks about what it takes to sell a book if you want to make one, and we also talk about how he created a successful business, so it's a two-for-two win-win. Very exciting stuff here today, so here is Vikrant Shorya. Vikrant, thank you for joining me here on the podcast. Uh, You have a very interesting business that I'm interested in learning more about. How are you doing today? Hey, Ross. Doing good. Thank you so much for having me here. So we're going to have to do this a little bit of a speed version today because we don't have a whole lot of time. I want to be mindful of Vikrant's schedule, so we're going to be very quick. But can you tell everybody a little bit about what it is that you do? You've built a business. You're also an author yourself. So... Describe your business to me. Sure, Ross. So my team and I help entrepreneurs and thought leaders who have amazing ideas and stories to share with the world in the form of a book, but really don't have the time to sit down and write that book, or maybe don't have the skill set to write a professional-looking book. And with our done-for-you book writing, publishing, and marketing services, we help them turn their ideas into a best-selling book within just six months. So that's exactly what we do. Okay, so how did you come up with this business model or this idea? Yeah, of course, it's a long story. But yeah, if I'll wrap up everything, then I everything started when I wrote my first book, I guess, 10 years ago. And I wrote the first book within 21 days. And when I published it, the, the first uh, royalty was around $27. And of course, it was kind of a big deal for me. And um, I then wrote another book in three days and and made around $440. And basically like this time, I also did some marketing. So I was able to make some good money, started making some money. But things started changing when some of my Facebook friends who were entrepreneurs, they started reaching out to me for help and support for writing a book. So I added a coaching fees over there and I started helping them. And during that one or one and a half years, I launched uh, dozens of courses, ebooks, and uh, programs around how to write and publish your book. Mm. And it was pretty successful. Like, of course, I launched it in internet international market, and uh, we got around thousands of students like who enrolled into my programs. Um, but yeah, things again started changing when some of these students especially those people like who are entrepreneurs or coaches, experts, consultants, they mentioned to me that your program is good, but we really don't have the time to sit down and write the book. Can you please do it for me? Okay, yeah. And then I got this idea of this done for you, book writing, publishing, marketing service. And before that, I also did some search and I found out that most of the famous books out there, they were ghostwritten. Because of course, these people... They are. They don't have the time to write writers. the book themselves. Yeah. yeah, but they have expertise. They have some kind of a message to share with the with the world in the form of a book. Yeah, and they hired a ghostwriter who can interview them and write the book. So, 
yep, this is exactly what we have done. We have I assembled a team of book writers, editors, publishers, marketers, designers. And that's how we I got this idea. Initially, the company's name was The Books Factory because we were creating books. But just because almost all of our books which we were creating, it started becoming bestsellers. So we renamed the company, renamed the brand as bestsellingbook.com. So I yeah. want to I want to rewind for a second. Did you say you wrote an entire book in three days? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, correct. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, uh, so I want you to imagine the situation where I am uh, living in a one-room apartment, uh, searching online how to make money online with zero investment because I had no money to nothing to spend on my business. Of course, I'm, I was completely broke and I was in financial debt. Uh, my landlord used to call me every day for rent and I didn't have the money to pay the rent. So I had nothing to do at all. So I discovered self-publishing over there on, on Google that I can make some money from there. And just because I didn't have any option, I have to just pay the rent. So I was working around 18 hours in a day, just writing the book, yeah. right? And somehow I was really great at structurizing entire content and making it into a very easy to digest framework. So the first book which I produced, it was about how to sell house. Although I don't have, I didn't have any experience that. about, yeah, but still, and of course now I, I never recommend to my clients <coughs> that how like to create a book which you don't have any experience about. But just because, of course, I I needed money at that time, so I had to do it. And you thought that would be so, a profitable niche for you? Yeah, right. Okay. So um, I did some research. So there were millions of articles out there. There are thousands of videos on how to sell your house. Um, but the thing is, people were, there were still so many books out there on Amazon. The only thing which I did was uh, I broke one down the entire concept in a very easy to digest way. So the book's title was 19 days to sell your house. If you're going to Google it, then maybe you can still find it. Like I have although unpublished those, that book, but still uh, like you can find some good reads, reviews over there on, on Amazon. And I also received a thank you email back then uh, from a person like who bought the book and he mentioned that using this, uh, the formula, using the principle, I was able to sell my house. Wow. So, so the thing is like the only thing which I did is there's all these information was out there on internet, yeah. but I made it into the actionable steps, like what to do on day one, then day two, day three. And this is the first book, which I wrote the 21, uh, in 21 days, I was able to write the book. The second book, it was not a full-fledged 150 to 300 page book. It was a kind of a short book, uh, just around 50 to 60 pages book. Got it. But it was also about selling the house. So uh, the, the book's title was Four P's to Sell Your House. And okay. if I remember, I think um, uh, th those four P's were uh, prepare, uh, pricing, position, or something like that. And... Okay. Uh, so, so, and those four P's became four chapters. And of course, there was some process, there was some uh, uh, how-to information on exactly how does that work. But yeah, like, of course, I had nothing to do. So just, I started writing. So one of the reasons, like, why people take sometimes months, sometimes entire 
like sometimes years, sometimes entire lifetime to write a book because they don't have a working book outline. But if you have a book outline ready, then it becomes very easy for you to take action, right? So you yeah. know exactly what is going to be the t- table of content. Yep. You can work on chapter one, maybe chapter six, chapter 10, whenever you want. So you have all the information over there. Completely agree. So, yep. Yeah. I started with a book outline for all these books. That's why like, I was able to create these books very, very quickly in 21 days. And the second book was in just three days. Wow. Do you, do you consider yourself a writer first and foremost? No, not at all. Not so at all. Okay. Do you like I writing? I was uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay. So you wanted so, to do this for yourself. <laughs> did you, yep, did it start right. with the desire to outsource it yourself or did it begin with other people asking you to help them? Yeah. So of course, once I started making some money uh, with my books, which were under my pen name, then I started hiring some ghostwriters. So of course, I built some a relationship with ghostwriters. And of course, when I started working with my clients, then it was also very helpful. I had some kind of a ghostwriters pool in my influence. So it was uh, easy for me to find those uh, ghostwriters. Okay. Uh, the thing is like, uh, I want you to understand that English was of course not at all my forte. It is not my first language. And um, I used to get the lowest marks in English subject. So, uh, very cool. So of course I was not good at it. Uh, my girlfriend back then was really good at, uh, academics and she was kind of a university topper. She used to help me with proofreading and stuffs. And then I used to publish the book. Now she's my wife. Okay. Great. So, well, your English is excellent so, now, by the way. So you've clearly, uh, you've come along. It is way, fine. Uh, yeah. I still have to learn so many things, but do yeah. We all. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, there's, but, yes, go ahead. Yeah. The first thing which I did once I started this company was hired a copywriter or a content writer because of course I was not good at writing. So, uh, so yeah, over to you. Okay. Now's that time where we interrupt the program and we do a little bit of an ad here, but a gentle ad, nothing too crazy. I just want to remind you, if you like the show, please like it, comment, subscribe, share, do all of those things. Rate it five stars on Apple podcasts. Leave a review that's friendly on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. Share somebody with me who might be on the podcast later. Just help contribute to the growth of the show. I would really appreciate it because, as you know, putting this together is a lot of work, finding people and doing all of this. Let me know that you like it. Let me know that you're out there. Become a part of the community. Reach out on Instagram at The Ross Palmer. Subscribe on YouTube. All of the good things. Help me grow this podcast with you. And now back to the show. See, that wasn't so bad. Okay, well, there's two cool things that I really want to dive in in this. Um, Part one is what are the factors that contribute to a best-selling book? What does a best-selling book even mean? On which platform are we talking about? Wall Street Journal or Amazon or where? So I guess part A is how, in your opinion, do you create, does one create a best-selling book? And then part two is the company that you've built. I guess those are both very fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So first of all, we need to understand that if you say a bestseller, then there are different platforms out there to call yourself a bestseller on that platform. Some people, they are bestseller on Amazon. Uh, Some of them, they are bestseller on USA Today. Some of them, they are bestseller on Wall Street Journal. Some of them, they are a New York Times bestseller. And of course, New York Times bestseller is a very lucrative position, like it's on the top. Okay. Then comes the Wall Street Journal, then USA Today, then comes the Amazon bestseller. Okay. 
So for most of the people, uh, we go with the Amazon bestseller, but some clients like who also want USA Today or Wall Street Journal, we also have the capability. We have a marketing team who can help them get on USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller as well. So we have helped uh, dozens of our clients get on Wall Street Journal as well. So I need you to see that uh, to get to hit the number one bestseller on New York Times, you have to get around 15,000 to 20,000 sales in a week. In the and first week or just any week? In any week, but yeah, like that, but that also doesn't guarantee that you, they will select you uh, as a bestseller, mm. right? Like for them, like sales doesn't matter. Like, of course, they go with different options. Like they only work with top publishing houses and all of these things. So there are so many things involved. We are working on, uh, on that. Maybe within an year, we'll also be offering that service as well. Um, but yeah, like currently we are offering USA Today and Wall Street Journal. To hit USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller, uh, you have to get around 5,000 to 7,000 sales in a week, okay. right? And if you do that, then of course, it makes you a bestseller or over the, on, on that platform. To hit the bestseller on Amazon, it is a different game altogether. It doesn't, like, it, it's not all about the sales. It's all about understanding which is going to be the best category with lowest competition. Right. For example, if you're uh, maybe if you're if you're written a book about entrepreneurship or maybe for example marketing, then in marketing there are some subcategories as well. You have to there are some tools out there so can you can figure out like what are the what are the categories in which um, you can have uh, uh, you can there are more more profit but less competition. Mm, okay. Right, and uh, you can also see that what are the sales the number one book is getting in any specific category? For example, in your category, maybe in marketing, uh, the number one book is getting 500 sales in a day. So to hit the number one bestseller in marketing category on Amazon, you have to get 501 sales in a day. One and then day. your book outrank, yep, in one day. Then you can say, I did and, it, even if it never happens again. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> like for five minutes, I had and, a bestseller. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and that... And that and that actually happens with US Today and Wall Street and New York Times as well. Like maybe most of these, uh, like you, you hit the bestseller for a week, mm -hmm. then, then of course it, it doesn't happen. Or maybe for some people, like it, it stays over there for three or four weeks. So, yep, it, it completely depends on um, the person's launch strategy, like exactly for how long you are bestseller on all of these different platforms. Gotcha. That makes sense. So when you are obviously writing a book is just a small piece of this, which you're sort of hinting at marketing and selling it is a whole different thing. So what does somebody need to do who has written a book? Let's say somebody who hasn't hired your team yet, but they've written a book that's complete. What are the best steps that they can do towards getting that bestseller status? Yeah. So I assume that they have just written the book. Let's just say now just they finished. Have to yeah. Yeah, so they, they have to work with professionals to polish the book and make it really lucrative, right? So, of course, if you really want to have a long-term promotion strategy, and of course, when people ask me that, okay, so what should be my promotional strategy? So promotion always starts with the product end, right? So, of course, you can maybe think about having a great promotional or launch or marketing strategy, but if your product doesn't is a really good product, or maybe if you're like, a, in this case, the book is your product. 
if your product is not good, then of course, it doesn't make sense that you are going to do so much of marketing, so much of your launch. Maybe you can hit bestseller for a limited time, but if you want to have a long-term sales strategy, then of course, you have to create a best product. Okay. So you have to write a product, right? You have to write a really great book, which really solves some kind of a solution, uh, some kind of a problem for readers. And once you do that, then uh, comes the positioning, right? And positioning, it also about uh, how do you package, right? The, the entire book. And of course, packaging means like you, you have to hire editors and proofreaders to make sure that the book is error-free. And um, then you have to hire some designers, right? Who can design the interiors for ebook for the paperback. You have to also design hire cover designers who can design the 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 front cover, back cover, spine, and and uh, once it is done, then of course you have to get an ISBN number. There's a platform out there called Bowker, B-O-W-K-E-R, or there's a site out there called My Identifiers, which is a part of Bowker, through which you can get an ISBN number for I guess hundred dollars or something per ISBN number, and it is going to be available. Uh, it is going to get your book. Uh, ready for international market. You can get the ISP number from there. You can publish the book on Amazon for both the version Kindle and paperback uh, by simply going to kdp.amazon.com. KDP stands for Kindle Direct Publishing. Uh, and if you want your book to be available on all the different places out there, apart from Amazon, like Barnes & Noble's, um, Apple Books, and Kobo, iNuke, and all these different platforms, then you can go for this platform called Ingram Spark, I-N-G-R-A-M-S-P-A-R-K. I'm, I'm going very much in technical detail. No, this is good. I'm going like, to write it all on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's very awesome. cool. Awesome. So you can simply, people can go to ingramspark.com. Ingram Spark is a platform which has the uh, world's best distribution channel, right? And... Uh, most of the bigger, most of most of the publishing companies, they go for Ingram Spark to expand the distribution, right? So even if you are self-publishing the book, you can have you can go for the same uh, distribution network. Your book is going to be available on in schools, in libraries, using that. So that's great, and in all the different countries like Australia, Canada, US. So once it is done, then starts the 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 marketing strategy, right? In in marketing, of course. Um, the first step, step is definitely you can use this tool called Publisher Rocket. It's, I guess, uh, $99 or something, one-time investment. And it is going to help you find the best keywords mm. you can rank for on Amazon. So Amazon, yeah. of course, is like a Google. Right. Kind of a, I was going to say it's all Amazon SEO. Has, yeah. Yeah. Everything is SEO. Yeah. Like, People will not go to any specific category. For example, if your book is on marketing, they will not go and find in any marketing category uh, that exactly what are the top book. They simply go and then they search. Sell my house right? now. Yeah, right. So, um, and Amazon allows you to choose seven keywords and you can use those seven keywords over there, uh, like which you found from Publisher Rocket. And of course, they also let you know like which is going to be the more profit with less competition and all of these things. And then Amazon also, uh, during the publishing process, it asks you to choose two categories, right? So of course you can choose any specific categories, but once the book is live, then it will allow you to choose 10 categories on Amazon. 
And now you can use be you can go with a very niche uh, category and all these things. So the thing is that um, there's a there's a platform there's a free platform called bkfinder.com. I'm not sure whether this is yeah, but maybe bkfinder. Okay. Through which you can find uh, any book out there on Amazon, and exactly for which category it is ranking on Amazon. So maybe if there are three categories, 10 categories, you can just type their ASIN number or ISPN number, and then it will pull all the information for free. And then you can search it on Publisher Rocket uh, just to see whether it is, uh, whether how many sales the number one book is getting in that specific category. Mm -hmm. And then you can prepare your launch strategy accordingly, right? And there are some tools out there like through which you can get uh, some reviews. Initially, uh, if you're going to search for beta, uh, readers' reviews. There are some, uh, maybe I guess, dozens of uh, sites out there through which you offer the book for free in exchange okay. of reviews. And right. of course, this is legitimate. It means this is not it's against the okay. Amazon's policy. Yeah. So they go through the book and then they leave an honest review, right? And it's not uh, the 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 entire platform is paid, but you are not paying the reviewers, right? right. You just so they just they just yeah. yeah, that's it. And uh, they, they provide you the feedback. And of course, you get initial reviews from there. And then you can use some uh, marketing tools like Amazon ads. There's a platform, really great platform called BookBub ads, right? Through which you can get sales uh, very, very quickly. So, so the thing is like we use, uh, we often use BookBub ads to get uh, sales in the launch period. Amazon ads basically works in, in a long-term strategy. Right. Okay. So, because of course, when we start Amazon ads today, we can't expect to get sales, start getting sales from today itself. Okay. So, but yeah, with BookBub ads, you can start get, seeing the sales from today itself. Wow. Right? So, this is a really great platform. And, um, and yep, like this is exactly what you can do and to launch your book and you can get some sales. And with Amazon ads, you can get some uh, long term sales uh, for, from your book. So, yeah, like I just, uh, went from the entire book, like from book writing, exactly what are the steps you have to do yeah. in order to write, publish, and market the book. Uh, all the process I've just explained well, that's, in, in brief. That's very excellent. What kind of budget do you think somebody needs to set aside? Where do you start? So you just finished a book, you need to do all of that. What kind of budget range makes sense for somebody to do those steps? So there are two or three different factors involved over there if you talk about the budget. So the first factor is exactly what's the kind of quality they have written? Mm -hmm. So for example, if they have written something like mine, right? Like I really don't like, I really don't write great book, but yeah, I'm just great at like talking about the ideas and the ghostwriter or the angel writer, of course, in our team, they are great. They are good at like getting all the information and then they write the book for me. But the thing is that, it completely depends on exactly where the, what's the situation of the manuscript. If the situation is good enough, then they can find an editor for not very expensive, right? And if, they, if it is really worse, then of course, uh, they have to pay more to the editor or proofreader to fix the entire manuscript. Sure. And once it is done, uh, it also depends on the word's length, right? Like the, the book's length. If it is a 200 pages book, then of course it is going to require you to pay more to the editor and proofreader because of course. of course they go for the word per word thing. And um, 
if if it is a small book like 50 to 60 pages then of course you can have uh less budget but yeah like usually these editors they will be charging you around uh depending on your book they can charge you from like 5 cents to maybe $1 per word right it completely depends on word. The, yeah that's a lot <laughs> it completely depends on yep so um but yeah like most of these uh yeah, I would say like, no, not $1. Like it is going to be for the developmental editing. For most of these people, like who have written the book, it's going to be a copy editing. Right. It is going to be $0.05 to $0.10. I was going to right? say, if you, need so, a, if you need a copy editor for $1 a word, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> At that price, I'll do it for anybody. <laughs> uh, Yep, right. So of course, like I think it it was for the developmental editing. So there are different types of editing involved. Sure. But for the copy editing, like it is, uh, I guess zero point zero five to zero point one zero dollars. Okay. So once it is done, then comes the proofreading, book cover designing. I would say like if they can set around maybe ten thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars, depending on exactly where they can, they they depending on the marketing and all of these things, so they can have a really great launch. 10 to they can definitely make. Yeah. And that and that includes through the use of your services as well. That would be the amount that yeah. okay, 10 to 15. Well, that's good yeah. to know. Right. I think a lot of people might find that to be valuable. It's a number, mm-hmm. a target they can hit. And mm-hmm. would you see that uh, having a best-selling book is more of a marketing tool or is it actually an income generator? Is it just a cool thing so I can say I'm a best-selling author or does it actually make that money back in your experience? So I have noticed that uh, 80 to 90% of the people uh, who are a bestseller or whether they are uh, a Wall Street Journal or, a, or an Amazon bestseller or a USA Today bestseller, I don't know about New York Times, but these people, they don't get the money back from the books royalties. 80 to 90% of the people, okay. being honest. Yep. But they know that once they hit a bestseller, then it definitely established themselves as an authority it definitely established their brand in the market and they can use the book to maybe generate leads and also get so many clients using the book. So if you like, the thing is like, of course, authority, uh, like if you have to establish yourself as an authority, then um, in authority, like the first few letters, like it combines, it becomes an author. Okay. Right. So somehow like subconsciously we, when we see that, okay, this person is an author on this topic, we see them as an expert, we see them as an authority. Definitely. It, yeah. So it, it makes things easy for you. Even if you're on a call with them, like a sales call, they want to work with you. And honestly speaking, last year itself, within one year, I hired three experts just by reading their book. And I was really impressed with their book. I emailed them that no matter what's surprising as I wouldn't work with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had three people. Uh, one was, uh, I had one of the person and he, he was my marketing coach. I worked with him for, I guess, six to seven months. And his coaching fees was $3,000 per month. The one more a person was uh, like one more was also like about a coaching uh, coaching program. It was again three thousand dollars per month. One was I enrolled into a video course. It was I guess two thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a software which I have to pay ninety seven dollars per month. Sure. Right. So 
you can't just, uh, so you can promote your video course, your coaching program and your software inside your book, not by being very salesy. People want to work with you mm-hmm. once they read your book, mm-hmm. right? And um, so if you use these best-selling book effectively, then it can definitely grow your business, get you more clients, establish your brand, establish yourself as an authority. Sure. Very cool. I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, so we'll switch gears. That's very enlightening, very helpful. Um, really cool stuff. I'm glad to know that. The business side, how long did it take you to build the business to be profitable or sustainable? So the thing is like uh, 10 years ago, I was in a college, in an engineering college, and I read this book by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Very famous. And uh, Yeah. And uh, it completely changed my perception about finance and life. And the very same day, I just dropped out of the college thinking that I'll be doing something of my own. So I dropped out of the college and I'm here in the situation where I got this business idea and I lent some money from my seniors, my friends, relatives, family, and I started a business. And um, it was kind of a mess, right? I started a company. I hired, uh, I guess, six to seven people within the first week. And I was still had no clue or no crystal clear idea on exactly how we will be serving our customers. Mm. And uh, I was in 18. I was 18 year old then. And uh, I made a bunch of mistakes over there. And uh, within six months, I had to shut down the company. Okay. I, I ran out of the money and I had to shut down the company. Then I was in this situation where I was searching online how to make money online. And then I figured out self-publishing. And then, of course, you know the story. The thing is that uh, when I... Uh, failed in that business, I understood that it's really important to think about the money since the beginning, right? Exactly what kind of problem you will be solving and how you'll be making money out of it. That's the first step. And also, uh, when I when I failed in that business, I was in around $5,000 to $6,000 financial debt at the age of 18. And it was a really, really big amount for me. And uh, it took me some time to pay them back. But the thing is that um, then I discovered that like, then I promised myself that I will never uh, have any loan for myself and my business. I don't use credit card. I don't use any kind of a loan. Yeah. We don't have any investment. It's completely bootstrapped. Mm-hmm. So since the beginning, like um, it was all about how I can make profit. So when I launched my first book, and then of course it was we started making money. Then of course we, uh, I started um, um, having video courses program, and I was a one man team. And then when I started seeing the profit, then I started uh, people uh, like uh, when I saw that okay, like now I I can't have much time doing over there because of course now I was having enough money. So since the beginning, my my number one goal was to make money, make profit. And that's why, of course, till now, it is around eight to nine years now with bestsellingbook.com. We are running, we have around um, 30 to 30, 35 to 40 people in, in house, right? Working. Big team. And then we have, our, yeah. And then we have around uh, thousands of angel writers and editors in a circle was- of influence. Yeah. We don't pay them uh, monthly, but of course, like whenever 
uh, a project comes, like we reach out to them and of course this is how it works. Right. But yeah, like there are around 40 people on, um, on the monthly pay. Okay. So that's a lot. So yeah. it was all, so it was all possible just because of course we, since the beginning, I started focusing on profit, getting leads, getting sales and yep. all these things. Yep. So, yep. What was your most effective tool for getting leads, sales in the early days? In early days, it was LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. It, Direct it outreach the, or just posting? Direct, direct okay. outreach. Yep. So now, of course, it is completely strict. So honestly speaking, three years ago, I used to send, I was able to send 500 emails in a day. Wow. Yeah. That's but now, but now, um, I guess two years ago, it became 100 emails a day. And then now, of course, if you will go beyond 50 or 60, then of course, they will have some kind of a restriction. Okay. So they now agree. LinkedIn, yeah. So now LinkedIn is very, very strict okay. in terms of, uh, because they want you to use their LinkedIn ads platform. Right. Of but course. yeah, most of the like, uh, like initially in my early days, uh, 80% of the sales I used to get from LinkedIn. Okay. Just because, of course, I was just starting out. I used to reach out to all of these yeah, people. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like that was one of the best tools out there for LinkedIn, uh, for me to, for the marketing. Good to hear it. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on building a successful business. I think that's a great accomplishment. It seems like a really cool industry. I'm glad you've been able to make something work. Um, I know we're on an extreme time crunch, so I'm going to say to you, um, but let's give two rounds of best advice. What's the best advice for a potential author? Ah, potential authors. Okay. So the first step is uh, most of these people, like uh, they are too, like, of course, when they're just starting out, they, they don't have logged their book idea. And they, but they know the importance of being, being an author. Now, the first step is, of course, you have to come up with a book idea. And uh, to come up with a book idea, like the people there, they're in two situations, whether they have no book idea or they have multiple book ideas and they don't know which idea to start with. So first of all, like, let me answer uh, the, the first scenario. Uh, if they are, that if they don't have a book idea, then they have to ask themselves, uh, uh, the first of all, that exactly what kind of, uh, whether they they have gone from point A to point B, right? It could be anything. Maybe initially they were not very much productive and now they are very much productive. Exactly what they did and what are the steps, what are the tools they have used. And now maybe you can create a business around that, right? And now if you have very so many book business, uh, so many book ideas, then maybe you can uh, think about like on the, on the basis of one to 10, you, you can rank them on the basis of profitability. So there are two types of profitability it means how much, how big the audience is for, uh, for the book and how much money you can make in the backend. Let me explain. So there are two things. So of course, the, for example, if you're writing a book about productivity, maybe you can write a book uh, about productivity for students, but these students will not pay you in the backend for coaching and video courses. No. But if you write about uh, productivity for entrepreneurs or professionals, Maybe they can pay you $200, $300, $500 per month for your coaching, your, your courses. So 
this is how exactly you have to calculate all of these things. You can also use so many Facebook groups to actually look for base, look for ideas. You can also post, you can do some kind of polls to see what people are going for. Nowadays, it's completely free. So if you are going for productivity, like if it is your niche, then there could be maybe hundreds of groups out there you can join for free, which are around productivity, right? If you are writing a book about relationship, there are hundreds of groups out there, like which has around, which are very, very active. Some of them, they are very active groups. Some of them, they are not. You have to figure it out yourself. So you have to join these groups, maybe engage with people, ask people directly questions, like exactly what kind of problem they are facing in productivity, right? What kind of distractions they are getting. And then basically working around the idea. So, yep, this is exactly how you can finalize your book idea. So this is the first advice. Okay. The second advice is that always start with a book outline. And I think I think I covered that as well yes. initially. So uh, the thing is that uh, one of the reasons like people procrastinate a lot in writing a book is because they don't have a book outline ready. And to create a book outline, people take sometimes months, sometimes an entire year to write a book outline alone. But uh, in my book, How to Write a Bestseller, I've explained to them exactly how to create a book outline within just two hours. And just to give you a brief exactly how does that look, before you create a book outline, you have to create the book outline quadrant, right? So there, there's, a, there's, a out, there's a quadrant and there are four elements in the outline quadrant. The first is book idea. The second is target readers. The third is why you were writing the book. And fourth is the hook of the book. It means how the book is going to be different from the other books. Yep. If you will be having, if you will ask questions around these elements, then it is going to help you create the book outline. And you have to go very deep into that. For example, if you are into the target readers, then you have to ask questions like, what pain is this person experiencing because they haven't read your book yet? Or maybe what do you want your primary audience to do when they have just completed reading your book? Right, so these questions are going to help you get uh, going into the deeper levels of the book idea, which is going to help you create the book outline. So once you have the book outline quadrant ready, you can print it out, you can paste it on your wall, and then set up an alarm for just thirty minutes. Right, just thirty minutes, and have a blank MS Word or Google Doc document, or maybe just a simple notepad, and start writing all the ideas which is coming to you just by looking to the book outline quadrant. There could be hundreds, if not thousands of ideas could come. And, uh, and the main ideas could be the chapters and the sub ideas could be the sub chapters. Right. And you will be, and you don't have to go beyond 30 minutes. Once the 30 minutes is over, just stop it. And then you have to work around that. Then of course you can use some kind of a mind mapping tool, uh, mind meester, uh, bubble.us. I, I prefer bubble.us. It is it's super simple. And you can rearrange all your ideas and sub ideas and create a table of content. Okay. And I understand that this table of content is not going to be, maybe you, you will have to keep changing once you start writing the book, but you have at least the book outline ready, the rough book outline ready. And then you can start maybe writing about any specific chapters whenever you want. So yeah, these are the two ideas, two suggestions or advice I want to give to potential authors who are just starting out. Very cool. Uh, thank you for that. That's very, very helpful. And then the last thing before I let you go here, if you have a minute, is yeah, business. What do you think the best advice is? 
for somebody who wants to build a business as you have? So, of course, there are so many uh, advice I want to, maybe, of course, I could give, but I'm going to be giving advice for two conditions. The first is if you are just starting out. If you are just starting out, your primary intention should be making money. And uh, you don't have to focus on, okay, what can I hire? Who can I hire? No. There are so many tools out there through which you can do all these things yourself. Even if you are hate, if you, even if you hate those things, like I used to hate um, doing the writing work, mm-hmm. but still, I, there are some tools out there. There, there you can explore your competition website. You can yeah. use, you can get some ideas from there, and you can write the copy for your website, your emails, your web, your content articles. But you, you have to start somewhere. You have to start it, and you have to do it yourself. And uh, if you are, if you really don't like designing, there are tools out there like Canva. Uh, like so through which you can design your logos, your banners for free. Sure. Right. Yep. Uh, if you are, if you want to design your website, I would recommend you to design the website yourself, maybe using Wix, WordPress. Uh, so when I started my second company, like when I started creating, was working on these, uh, the booksfactory.com site, which was uh, like, which the, the formerly it was bestsellingbook.com. It was the books factory. Mm-hmm. So I opened uh, a YouTube tutorial in one tab, like how to build a WordPress website. Right. And, and it, I was just working like in another tab, I was just working on that. So the yeah. first step was maybe to buy a domain from GoDaddy. So I went to GoDaddy, I purchased a domain, then get a, uh, maybe hosting. Then I went to HostGator. I used to use HostGator back then. So, uh, and, and how to install WordPress. The thing which they were saying, and of course I was just implementing it one by one. So there are, Millions of tutorials out there for whatever you need, you can do it yourself. And one of, one more benefit is like once you understand this process, you you have done it, and you will be hiring someone, then it will be easy for you to delegate those tasks. Sure. And you will also understand that how much time it usually takes, right? In doing that, doing those things, right. and then of course, you, people can't fool you. Right? Then you can people judge can't. them harshly. You can say. I was doing exactly. three of because those per day. What do you mean you can only do one? I don't know. Three a day. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> just anything. <laughs> you, you're able yeah, to right, evaluate right. the amount of work yeah, you're putting out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there are some tools out there called Time Doctor. Like if, oh, if your right. company is completely do, virtual. Do you use that? Do you so, believe in those things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I have mixed like, feelings we, about we those time. kinds of things, but that's interesting. Yeah, like we use Time Doctor... And of course, there are some tools like Time Doctor is one of the tools like which captures the screenshot every three right. minutes of the person. So you can evaluate whether the person is working or not. Then, so yeah, like, of course, we, we do that. We use that. So, but the thing is like, if you're just starting out, your primary goal is to uh, make money. And mm-hmm. of course, it can only be possible if you really understand your customer's problem and really uh, trying to help, like if you have a product and services which can really help them uh, solve the problem, then of course you can do that. And if you really have to hire someone, I would recommend you to go for maybe freelancers or per project basis so that of course you don't have a monthly thing to pay. Yep. And maybe initially you don't have much products, so projects. So it, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Like I used to have designer back then mm-hmm. and he used to just, des- just design for just half an hour, one hour, and then he was done. And I couldn't blame him because, of course, I had nothing to uh, assign to him. Right. Right. So now I have around um, 
I guess, three designers in-house. And of course, they are completely busy. They are working uh, like six hours a day. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this is the, the advice for people who are just starting out. Okay. The second is like if they if people they are they have started and they have some kind of a team and they have achieved something in their business and they want to take the business to the next level they can't do that without systems and process so it, it's really important to have systems and processes in in place you can't run your business with just the team of course teams team is important but you have to make your business system dependent, not people dependent. Right. What does that mean? Is of course for every everything which is going on in your team, every operations, you have to document it. You have to maybe create recordings. I have two people now in house who are just doc. Their job is just to document the entire thing. Mm. What's going on? If there are some new smart. things going on, then they just yeah. Very so smart. they see. So one person like who is doing the, the job, they just record everything while they're doing it on Loom or maybe any platform. And then these people like who document it, they go through these videos, they properly create the step-by-step -step instructions. And we use a tool called System Hub. And uh, honestly speaking, like I got this tool by using, by reading this book called Systemology last year. And he, the, the author name was... Yeah, Dave, Dave Genius or something. Uh, he okay. was the author. And I also got into the, the program, which was all about systems. So yeah, see, like this is how, what's the benefit of reading books, right? So people also invest in your softwares, in your programs. Mm -hmm. So, yep, you can't uh, scale your business if you don't have a proper systems and processes in your place. And of course, since the beginning, whenever you hire a team, you have to completely assign all these roles and responsibilities they have, right? And then you should have, you should definitely have a monthly scorecard with your team leaders. So currently we have around, I guess, seven people like who runs the entire operation. So there's one COO, then there is one person who takes care of the marketing, then one person who takes care of the social media, one person just for booking me on podcast like yours. And I have a weekly call with them just to like on Monday, just to tell, telling them, seeing exactly what their goal is for this week and reviewing their last week. That's it. On Monday, I do that within just 20, 25 minutes call with them and I'm done. Right. And then of course they handle the entire team, entire operation. So, and then of course I can just work around building the business, right? Not in the business. You have to work on the business, right? So of course people say it, but of course you can't, work on the business if you don't have systems and processes in place. So these are the two different advice for two different types of people who are in, in business. But would you say that you can't put the systems in place until you have enough money? Like there's a chicken and egg question there because you can't outsource unless you have enough money yourself that you're able to hire those people, even if they are small tasks like checking your email or virtual assistants. So I guess what's your thought on that? And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so I would say like there's some myths around there on systems and processes. Like if you, people think that if you don't have a, a much, a bigger team, then you should not have a system. But the thing is like, it's better that if you start since the beginning, right? Even if you are one person team, if you start documenting all these things, for example, if you are just designing everything on Canva, 
and you just record everything, the entire process, like what should be the color code, what what font you use, exactly what kind of a um, the the structure you have for the social media banner, and you have everything in document document. Then once you hire a designer, then it becomes very easy for you to delegate all of these things. Right. Right. So it's always better if you start in the beginning, mm-hmm. because the the more you will the more late you will start, the more mess it's going to be. And you will always be overwhelmed that way exactly you have to start, right? So yep. it's best that once you have, initially when you have very less operation, then you can systemize all of these things. That makes sense. Well, I guess I will let you go here. Thank you very much for your time. I know it's very fast paced, but there's so many good things. Thanks for sharing all of the tools, all of your knowledge, all of the wisdom. Very cool what you're up to. Um, I'll put the links and all of that uh, where people can find your book. All of that. Is there anything else that you'd like uh, people to know about where they can find you? You already mentioned your website, bestsellingbook.com. Anything else that you'd like to promote before you go? Yes. So for your audience, I have a special gift. Uh, So we offer, like we use a checklist, uh, like exactly from book idea, then to editing, publishing, marketing, designing, to marketing, all of these things. Like we use a checklist for our clients, for our done for you clients. And I have made this checklist available for your audience. They can simply go to bestsellingbook.com slash checklist. And then they can download this checklist, print it out, paste it on their wall. And it makes the entire publishing journey very, very easy for them. And this checklist also comes with a blueprint, which explains how to use this checklist. Right. So, of course, uh, just wanted to share with your audience. Okay, great. Well, they will do that. Um, Thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go. And uh, with that, I really appreciate it. It's great to get to know you. Um, The podcast is officially over. Thank you for listening to the Beat the Often Path podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with somebody who might find this episode useful. Do you know an author? Do you know somebody else out there who wants to build a business or write a book or any of the things discussed? Share it with them. Introduce them to the podcast. Tell them about the program and find the videos on YouTube. Do all of those things that help it grow. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, smash the button, whatever you need to do. Help me grow this thing. And again, if you know anybody who fits the bill of an unusual success story that has a story that you think needs to be shared, send them my way. Maybe we can interview them. So thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.